welcome to Four-Legged Kids Unleashed, a peek inside 25 years of private care for St. Louis pet families. I'm Janie Budnick, president and founder of Four-Legged Kids. Get ready for stories from the trenches, along with a bit of advice for you pet parents out there, because our day is way more than cuddling your cute puppers and fluffers. Hey there, and welcome to this episode of Four-Legged Kids Unleashed. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience in the pet care field. Uh, so some of you might not realize I haven't just done this in the industry for the last 25 years with four-legged kids. But prior to that, I was going to be a veterinarian. I worked in many vet clinics. I have done rescue, uh, pet rescue for, gosh, the last 30 years. Uh, everything from being the person that picks them up in my little minivan at Jefferson County Animal Control and heads to a local vet clinic with a load of dogs to vet them and find fosters all the way through being on um, actual organization boards and in leadership positions. So I have kind of been through the entire run, run of it. But one question that I get a lot from, I guess, people that aren't in the pet industry is, wow, how can you do that? I just don't think I would be able to. How can you foster dogs and then let them go? And the ones that are sick, how do you like manage how much that hurts whenever they pass? And wow, there's no way I could work in a vet clinic. I can't watch suffering pets. And you've actually like been in the room when a pet's been euthanized. I could never do that. Um, I hear that kind of stuff a lot. People that are not in the pet industry, um, they a lot of times just don't understand our own attachments and how that can affect us when things do go wrong. Um, I don't know, sometimes I've had people thinking, oh, wow, you just must be completely desensitized because there's no way I could do that. And I think a lot of people just don't understand how much it does affect those of us in the pet industry. I'm sure you've probably heard the concept of compassion fatigue. It has actually, oh, it's, I mean, I hate to say it's become more popular, but um, at least the media has discussed it more with the medical industry during the pandemic and the the issues that uh, medical profession has had dealing with uh, pandemic and the results of it. Of course, um, I am also a registered nurse and um, I was in the middle of that also. So firsthand understanding what compassion fatigue is. And of course, that term completely was actually introduced way back in the 1970s and it had to do with the medical field and the the nursing field and the uh, levels of just uh, it's beyond burnout but it's just um, how deeply you can start to feel the losses uh, the struggles of of your work and how that affects the entire rest of your life um so there's actually a um a group. It's Figley's Institute's Basics of Compassion Fatigue Workbook. So it's actually kind of explained like this. Compassion fatigue is a recent concept that refers to the emotional and physical exhaustion that can affect helping professionals and caregivers over time. It has been associated with a gradual desensitization to patient stories 
a decrease in quality care for patients and clients, sometimes described as poor bedside manners, an increase in clinical errors, higher rates of depression and anxiety disorders among helpers, and rising rates of stress, leave, and degradation in workplace climate. Helping professionals have also found that their empathy and ability to connect with their loved ones and friends is impacted by compassion fatigue. In turn, this can lead to increased rates of stress in the household, divorce, and social isolation. The most insidious aspect of compassion fatigue is that it attacks the very core of what brings helpers into this work, their empathy and compassion for others. So now you can see, of course, how that would, in in fact, affect the medical industry, but understand that it definitely affects the pet industry, all aspects of the pet industry, from your veterinarians to their technicians to their receptionists, anyone that comes in contact with pets and their owners and the challenges of their own lives. Rescue workers, oh my goodness, they deal with this kind of a situation sometimes on a daily basis. And understand even your pet sitters, right? So there's definitely a a difference, I know, with the um, great resignation. You know, there's all this conversation about burnout and employees leaving because of burnout. You know, compassion fatigue is not burnout. Burnout is typically associated to like where you work. So you know that if I leave this job, then I leave behind those stressors, right? Compassion fatigue is totally different. It is, it's who you are. It's, it's the work that you do. So if you leave that physical job location, it follows you because it is who you are. So typically a veterinary technician has been trained to work in that field. So even if they leave a particular clinic to go to a different job, it is who they are. It is what they do. So it is going to follow them. Um, There's a lot of characteristics that come along with compassion fatigue that you start to see in people and and understand that because of the pandemic a lot of this has been heightened especially in the veterinary community they have had so many stressors they've had so many decisions that have had to be made that are very difficult for their clinic and making changes during the pandemic having to, of course, the consideration of protecting their own staff, the the amount of time that was spent researching when they weren't sure if pets could transfer it and how do we manage this. I mean, honestly, it was a nightmare for those of us in the pet industry, not just in the actual uh, human medical industry. It, It affected those of us in the pet industry just as much because of all of the unknowns. And then that combined with the horrible situations and decisions that vet clinics and technicians had to make just to be able to operate on a daily basis. And, um, you know, I mean, hindsight always gives clarity, but you have to make decisions in the moment. And when people are hurting because their animals are hurting, sometimes they're not very gracious and forgiving with, um, pet professionals. So, um, you know, if you haven't lately, go hug your vet tech or your vet, right? They need it. (laughs) 
So some of those symptoms of compassion, fatigue, um, God, bottling up your emotions, of course. You can develop just a general sadness and, and apathy for what you do. Uh, you can have an impulse to just try to rescue anyone uh, that's or, or anybody in need. That's something we see frequently in in pet rescue Um Caregivers have such a huge heart that they want to just rescue all of them. And that can be such a constant level of stress and strain because you just can't. And there is that friction in your mind and in your heart constantly because you can't rescue all of them, but you feel driven to. Um, Compassion fatigue. You might isolate yourself from other people. Um, You might lose interest in self-care, nightmares, not being able to sleep. Mm, That's a big one right there because you just have your constant concerns of everything that has has gone on with you. Uh, Mental tiredness or difficulty concentrating, of course. Um, And then, you know, sometimes those mental issues, of course, they can affect you physically. So you can have just persistent symptoms and a constant tiredness, which can result in making mistakes and accidents. Um, if those of you, well, some of you might not know about this at all, but there is an organization called Not One More Vet. I'd love for you to stop and look that up. It is nomv.org, Not One More Vet. This is an organization that was formed back in 2014 after a world famous veterinarian committed suicide. And it turned into just a Facebook group that started out inviting veterinarians to come into a private and safe space to talk about their struggles. And it's now turned into an amazing nonprofit organization that provides resources for veterinarians and just a safe place to talk about these issues like compassion fatigue and the effect that it can have on them in their daily work. So definitely I invite you to go check out that website and see if there are ways that you can give. I know here in St. Louis, there are a lot of veterinarians that very much support that organization. And I know they would probably appreciate even if you acknowledge that it exists, right? So, you know, it does provide support, of course, to anyone that works in that veterinary industry. So, you know, some of the things that that you see in, of course, compassion fatigue and the human medical field and the veterinary medical field does come directly down to your pet care professionals. Our team can experience compassion fatigue. Uh, some of the, the things that we deal with, um, I mean, of course, when, when your pets are ill and, and when your pets die, we feel that too. And we know that you don't necessarily think about that. Um, we have repeat long-term clients and relationships are formed. If your pets get sick, um, you know, there are times when we provide you emotional support. Um, if your pet is sick or injured, um, uh, there are times when we're providing medical support for you when you can't be there. We experience grief when your pet dies. And I can tell you, sometimes in the office, we, we hurt a little bit when we find out way after the fact that your pet has passed because we do develop those relationships. So if that ever does happen to you, 
go ahead and let let your pet professional know that that's happened because we we grieve with you. We feel this deeply. This is part of who we are. And then in our situation and four-legged kids, we have a huge focus on working with our seniors in the community and making sure that you know, even if mom and dad have to move into a facility, they don't have to leave their pets behind, that they can have their pets with them as long as they need them. And that sometimes brings us to situations like recently when one of our clients has passed. And that hurts too, because believe me, we develop relationships there, not just with the pet, but also with the owner who is there each time we come in to take care of their pets for them. And then, of course, you know, anytime any of you moves or no longer needs our service, we feel that loss. You know, that that can result in compassion fatigue just within the professional pet sitter area. So, you know, even if you don't use four-legged kids, I want you to keep all of that in mind, that that we, we are there with you. We feel you deeply. It is who we are. So let's let's give a little bit of grace and understanding to everyone in the pet industry who has ever felt compassion fatigue, because I don't think there's any of us that haven't felt that. But, you know, please be there and encourage each other and support people that are in the veterinary industry. And uh, we can all put, put a little bit of a dent in this struggle that is compassion fatigue for those of us in the pet industry. Thank you for listening to this episode of Four-Legged Kids Unleashed. If you are needing dog walking and pet sitting yourself, check out our website at fourleggedkids.com. And as always, if you have a warm heart for another cold nose, make sure you visit one of our sponsored shelters at fourleggedkids.com forward slash rescue.